We are officially in spring. Welcome to TK's A Brigade, the music series. I am your host, TK. And today our guest hails from right here in Denver. Her name is Elaine. She's actually a drummer and a vocalist, and she's part of a group here in Denver called Ms. Vendetta. Now, for those that have been listening, recently I did an interview with Asha Blaine, who is the lead singer of Ms. Vendetta. So I asked Elaine to come and sit with me and share her music journey, and she said absolutely. So we're going to dive into that right now. So put on your headphones and check it out here on TK's A Brigade. Well, welcome, Elaine. How are you? I am very good. Thanks for having me here. Yes. In the, uh, you know, we've talked for a long time back and forth on Facebook Messenger. Yes. And so it's nice to actually finally be here in the studio that you've been talking about, just to kind of check it out, see what's going on up here. You know, in that's, Thornton. that's funny that you bring it up because um, yeah. just like with Asha, your bandmate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like to scour, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and, and find new artists to, uh, you know, either interact with, work with. For the music series here on the podcast, definitely bring them on and, and hear their journey. And uh, Yeah, and I love that you do that, by the way. It's very cool. Thank you. Well, you know, people don't really get to, uh, they don't get to see the behind the scenes, I don't think, with, um, you know, artists, they might go out to a show and they see that stage, they see, you know, the music that you guys perform and you don't really see what's kind of where you started and how you got into music, what made you want to play music. Because I know some musicians who were forced to do it mm-hmm. and they're really talented, Yeah, but they hate it. And I'm like, you gotta how have could the you, soul. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, how could you hate doing something and be so good at it? You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. that's what I was hoping to do with you today is just kind of start at the beginning um, and see what uh, got you playing music, how, you know, who influenced you kind of thing. And I'll just, I'll let you go All right. from yeah. the beginning. So. Well, the beginning is way back in the dark ages. So. Oh, boy. Okay. Like dirt <laughs> but I'm going to try to not go too far back. Right? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, my, my story that I like to tell as far as why I decided to play drums or what kind of got me the itch at the beginning was uh, my, this uh, where I was babysat, basically. You know, it was about four, probably. I'd, the the son of the babysitter okay. played drums. Oh, nice! And he had this huge kit down in the basement. You know, yeah. it was a sparkle silver sparkle kit. Oh boy! And my memory is awful, so the fact that I can remember that that is, says a lot. That says a lot. Nice. Right? So I I'd always go kind of creeping down the stairs <laughs> and just watch him. You know, over in the corner. You know how you are when you're a little kid. You oh yeah. Peek around the corner, and that got me hooked. Just watching him play down there, from that point, that's when I was like, I want to play the drums. Yep. You know, I didn't know girls didn't play drums, sure. right? I had no clue. I just, that's what I wanted to do. Nice. Um, you know, growing up, though, and, you know, starting off in band at school, they didn't want a girl drummer. I was ready to haul that snare drum all the way to school <laughs> every morning. Nice. But no, uh-oh, I just hit the mic. You're good. Okay. Uh, you know, they didn't want me to play, so I had to play clarinet first. Okay. Um, in the band, anyway. That wasn't my first instrument, but I played clarinet in the band. After a year, no, I couldn't do it. My And my mom fought for me. She was like, she wants to play the drums. She wants to play the drums. Which so is unusual play. for a parent to like advocate for a very noisy instrument like the drums. Correct. But when you have, I think, parents that really um, want to champion your life choices like that, yeah. then they're going to fight 
tooth and nails. So yeah. That's cool. So you got the snare drum. So and I got the snare drum. I'm hauling it across, you know, uphill, downhill, the whole story, right? <laughs> yeah, In the snow, everything. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and yeah, I started playing. And the, the cool thing is my brother is also a musician. I don't know if you know him. His, uh, his name's Greg. Greg, okay. And he actually sings for Last Men on Earth. Okay, I have to uh, look local, them up. Local band, you have okay, to look okay. them up. He's been singing, and he's just an incredible vocalist. I just idolize his his uh, you know his vocal ability. But nice. Um, he also sang, obviously, but he played guitar. Okay. So that was kind of another Merciful. reason for me to play the drums because we had a little duo, guitar and you yeah, know, and drum duo. Yes. And we'd play Kenny Rogers. Oh yeah, wow! Now Kenny you're Rogers really dating action. yourself. I am. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going. Kidding. I told I'm totally you. Joking. I told you we're going way back. Way oh, back. Oh mercy. <laughs> so we'd play a little Kenny Rogers. You know, he'd have his acoustic, and I'd have my little drum kit, and and I'd harmonize with him. And that's kind of how it all started, as far as playing drums. I, I just, I never turned back after that. I always got a lot of crap though in school, you know, for playing drums and for being the only girl. And I think that um, that whole thing got me set in a. I don't know if you know you talk about mindset all the time or not, but sure. at a young age, you can really be brought down quickly with that kind of stuff, being made fun of and, and those kind of things. And so I think that kind of started me down a path of really struggling with self-confidence, you know, wow. even though I had I had a lot of fun and people thought it was cool. You know, they 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 look at you and everything. I think I always struggled with the self confidence, but sure. But I loved playing drums, loved it. You know, of course, um, you asked about influences. Yes. I never really got into the Led Zeppelin thing when I was young. For okay. me, my first drum influence was Peter Chris. Oh boy, Kiss! Why? Wow. I mean, how can you not? Okay. With the makeup. Sure. <laughs> I think if right? you're my age. Sure. You had to put on Kiss makeup at least once. Okay. At least one time. At least one time. So, of course, we did a lot more than that. We did the concerts in the backyard. Yes. Uh, we Super had two fun. concerts. Yes. We sold tickets. Yes. Uh, treats. You know. Okay. Oh, yeah. We had well, the whole yeah. thing. We, snacks. Like, yeah, we weren't, we weren't messing around. Let's go. Uh, so, yeah, we had that. Of course, you know, we had... At that time, as record players, mm. uh, oh yeah, kids at oh home. yeah, the forty five. Go ahead and look up those. Oh yeah. no, I, I'm yeah. with you there. That's yeah. what I grew oh, up yeah. on before, like eight tracks, and then the record oh, plays yeah. were kind of conducive to each yeah, other. But yeah, record player. We had the record player going, and we just air drummed it, and you know, air, yes. air vocals. Oh yeah, it was good. We even had little flash pots and stuff. Oh, have mercy. Yeah, You're so really, that was my uh, first man. first uh, drummer. I'll call it crush or influence, right? Just Peter listening Chris, to that yeah. and listening to a live and the the drum solo with the cowbell, you know, oh. do, 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 type <laughs> the of thing. Ca- the infamous cowbell. Yeah, I yes. mean, it was just that that got me. Very um, nice. You know, as I grew older, I started I really watching and paying more attention to other drummers for sure, especially depending on the bands that I was in. So I started getting into some cover bands. Um, you know, again with my brother, of course, and we'd play. Sticks and Journey, all the all the stuff, you all know. the classic rock, yeah, yeah. all the classic rock. Yes. Um, now, yeah. real quick, yeah, uh, you're a native of Colorado, I correct? Am a okay, native, yeah. Do you care to share like what part of Colorado you grew up in, or yeah, Wheat Ridge? I was born in Wheat okay. Ridge, grew up in Arvada. Okay, I'm a Pomona Panther. So the west, so you're a West Sider. Okay, a West Sider. Well, so we That's we're on the east side. It? Well, we're on the east side of of I-25. Right. Okay. So yeah, I lived on the west side in quotations for 11 years off okay. of Federal. 
And when we started okay, looking so at houses. Okay, so what high school area I, did you go to? I didn't go to high school, actually. Oh, okay. I actually dropped out of high school. I lived in Fort Collins when I was in high school. Okay. And uh, I was too busy um, being a rebellious musician. Yeah. Uh, doing too many drugs and trying to be um, somebody that I wasn't. And so I dropped out. But as far as like the west side, east side right. aspect of it, um, I when I moved to Denver, we lived on the west side of I twenty five, and I use that as kind of the you know the the, the breaking line, yeah, like the Mississippi, right, <laughs> of, of Colorado, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. for sure. Okay. So when we were looking at houses, you know, and we were staying on the west side of I twenty five, looking at houses, and a, a realtor said to us once, she's like, "Oh, you're a west sider, huh?" Mm. And I said, "What do you mean?" She says, "Well, you're looking at houses uh, west of the I twenty five. And I was like, "Okay, so what is east?" And she's like, "Oh, then you're an east sider." And I was like, "Oh." Like, so, you know, quasi-comical kind of a way to look at it. And so we lived over there for 10 years or 11 years. And then we found a house here on the east side. And the mm-hmm. irony is that we lived off of 104th and Federal on the west side. Oh. Exactly three miles west of I-25. Oh, that's This funny. house three is exactly miles? three miles east of I-25. That is interesting. So. I love how those kind of things, you yeah. know. Just work out. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, you're a native of Colorado. Yep. Um, you started playing drums at a young age. You started getting influential, um, you know, drummers influencing you. But, and the, the fact that, and I point this out respectfully, that probably in your time, like, like you said, there probably was rarely any female musicians that didn't just sing, right? Right. Like, as far as playing guitar and bass guitar and stuff like that, like, primarily the, the, the vocalists were the females and then all the musicians were males, yep. but, you know, typically, right? And you're like, no, nah, I'm going to buck that trend. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to, because yeah. I can do this and, and I'm going to be good at it. I mean, you know, I mean, you're good. So I'm assuming you're like, I'm going to practice until my hands hurt and I'm going to be good. So here you are, you're what junior high, high school, you're really starting to really pick up that kind of, you know, momentum of playing. And so where are we at in your story? Yeah, I mean, just in high school, we did, you know, all the talent shows. We, uh, you know, we were in a couple different cover bands with with friends and stuff. Um, and I just played all the time. You know, my all my girlfriends loved it. They're like, yeah, you know, let <laughs> yeah, it go, right? you know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I mean, I again, I got made fun of. I was in band. I was in high school band, but I was also a jock. So it okay. was kind of like a weird wow. vibe, right? Yeah. It was like I was always on the the weird side of, you know, people teasing and stuff that I just, you know, um, that's a unique place to be yes. when you're in both. Absolutely. Um, and, and I, again, I think part of that ended up making me a little bit more of an outsider from people just because I was in both. Um, right. yeah, I was kind of in both and, you know, I was actually a really, really good soccer player. Oh, I wow. I was, you know, Love an all-conference player. Wow. I, I was on a competitive team. We traveled to Norway, to Canada. Let's go. All over, you know, and again, me being older. Okay. Not mentioning age, although I will. I just, you know, it's public announcement at this point. I've already done all that. <laughs> so, yeah, I just turned 55. So, even being in a competitive team at that point competitive soccer team that traveled was rare i mean you see it all the time now right but but yeah we traveled all over so i was doing that in in high school i was all conference player i my senior year i scored like 17 goals and wow what what position did you play so i was normally mid but a crazy thing happened when i was a senior and our star forward which i passed the ball to uh carol west was her name she okay 
she went for the the ball. It was a perfect through ball. Okay. Right? Just picture this through yeah, yeah. ball. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's running down. She yeah. was speedy. Oh, man. And her and the goalie collided. Oh. Just, broken broken oh, bones? Bad. Yeah. I mean, oh, like man. through the sock. That oh. type of, it was compound. It was horrible. Yeah. Uh, so I had to end up picking up the slack, and I was moved to wing. Okay. And when I was moved to wing, I, I was actually pretty good with my left foot, too. So okay. I was left wing. Nice, yeah, and that's, nice. Uh, that's where I scored all the Versatile. Goals. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I had that part going, and then on the other side, I had all the music stuff going. I was in okay. a band. I was in marching band. Of course, my brother and I had, a, you know, had our own band. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of, I, I did both of those things for a long time. Even after high school, um, I still played a little bit of soccer but uh, that's when the band stuff really started picking up is because, you know, my brother and I just really loved playing and we wanted to do something. Let's so go. we were in a cover band uh, and an original band. And you might know a couple of these guys. Do you know John DeWitt? Very well. Yes. yes. So he's my buddy. Good man. Yeah. Good so man. he was in the band with me. Okay. The band was called Little Dreamer. Okay. Uh, Van Marquez is another guy that actually plays still locally. He's in uh, one of the Rat Tributes and I think I Stone think Temple Pile. Yeah. He's oh, STP player. though, huh? Yeah, STP oh, band Oh, it's too. one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. Love them. Yeah. So it was us. Okay. Right? So we had uh, you know five people in the band and we also wrote originals. And ironically enough, as I was driving here, I passed the old Avalanche Studios. You know, oh. which is over on Irma. Okay. We recorded our stuff there. Wow. Yeah. So, really? I mean, it isn't, it's wild as you, you know, we were talking about earlier it. about the east side, west side, three miles, you know, that yeah. type of thing for your house. It's the same type of thing. I do, you know, growing up here, I drive through and, and I always have some memories of some different, you know, different yes. things. A lot of them are musical memories. Sure. For sure. Yes. So, yeah, we recorded uh, some stuff. And then, you know, my brother and I decided that we, we kind of wanted to do more originals. And we definitely were doing originals in that band. But then we kind of split off. He did his own original band, which was called Intense. And they were very, very good. Nice. Uh, they were close to getting signed as, you know, to, to really, I mean, they have some great songs. And then I went a different direction in an all-female band. Okay. Crazy Miss Daisy was the name of the band. Okay. And, uh, and that started here in that started the here was like, North Denver area, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were all from Denver. We all met. Basically, we were, three of us were playing in different local bands, and then we found the bass player who was much younger. She was, I, I'm going to say, like 18 at the time. Okay, you know, so you're like 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, okay. of course, yeah, I say a lot younger, yeah. right? She's only a couple of years old, younger. Um, and we were very, very good. We opened for, you know, national acts coming in and all that kind of thing. We had the uh, the customary crappy white van that we would you know, oh, take to I all the gigs. I think everybody that started out in music had one of those, right? You have to. I mean, it's kind of iconic now. Yeah, you have to. It, it had a couch just sitting in the back. That was the seating. <laughs> oh, mercy. You know? no, I mean, it, bald tires, you know. Uh-huh. It, was, yep. it was bad, but yeah. that's how we got around. I sure. mean, you got to get around some way. Yep, and you got to haul your gear around, you and you got to have something. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, being in a band myself, like we went from – 
like six vehicles. Mm-hmm. And this was back in the day when we had to haul our own PA around too. Oh yeah, the so, W bins. Yeah, and you, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so you have like six vehicles in this caravan, you know, and one, and one of the cars in the caravan, you know, it's like, it's overheating, right? And then <laughs> right. you got yeah. one that, you know, it won't start half the time. So you have to prime it and just, yeah. I mean, you, oh, yeah. <laughs> you understand those yeah. musicians out there that know what we're talking about. Yeah, they you do. Can, you can appreciate that. So. They do, they do. So here you guys are playing out and uh, like you said, you're starting to grow some good legs with this band then what yeah we were doing really well and you know how things happen i mean you know drugs come in uh all kinds of different influences different people saying this person's better you know and they want to go off this other direction just all all the kind of normal band things that happen you know bands are a difficult dynamic they definitely are indeed um communication is key and I, I definitely think you just have to have respect, you know, for each other. If the, if something's happening, just talk about it, you know. Don't. Right. But when you're that young, you don't know those things. No. You and you don't want to do those. Those things are scary. Sure. Because so, it means you have to be an adult and you can't be the rock star that you yeah, want to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that band ended up breaking up, and um, you know, then it was the hard decision for me. Okay, what do I do? Do I keep doing this? Do I keep chugging away, or do I do the normal? career path you know do i go ahead and do that and that's what i did i dropped music for a while i wow i went um it must have been hard it was hard i mean i still kind of played in some little bands here and there little cover bands and stuff but it wasn't the same it wasn't me going all out i mean when i was doing crazy miss daisy it was us gigging and me just getting temporary jobs i'm getting home at 2 a.m sleeping for a few hours going to work yeah and then my lunch break i'm sleeping again you know, and then <laughs> right? I'm doing it all over again. Have I mean, it's day in, day out. You know, that's what that's what I did. So, when I decided to do the corporate thing, I kind of had to, you know, make some decisions, and I it, it, some of that ended up taking me to Atlanta. Oh wow! I, I moved to Atlanta in '96. I decided to go ahead and take uh, a job there. Again, the corporate direction. Yep. I've just made a decision to go ahead and do it. I had never lived away from home, you know, before, and boy, if that wasn't a wake up call, right? Now, did, you go there by, did you go there by yourself or did I you did. take family? Okay, I knew so no one. No one. You're like nobody. You're no basically ha- in a foreign land. And it is a foreign land. When you grow yeah. up here and you yes. go down to Atlanta oh, and yeah. I was in the depths of Atlanta. It, Night and day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it definitely was a wake up call, but it was a good uh, way for me to grow up. It really was. You know, I, it's the school of hard knocks type of thing. Um, I didn't play music for like five years when I was down there. And then I finally had my drum kit sent down, um, you know, after I decided, all right, I'm going to go ahead and do this thing. And I'm going to go ahead and see if I can find some people to play with. And then I played with some bands down there. And that was a unique experience because I played uh, some three-piece bands. Okay. Um, One of them was a really cool band. It was called Marte and the Party. Marty yeah, that's Marty uh, was an amazing guitarist, and so it was just a three-piece. And okay. because we were just a three-piece, he knew I sang. We started even doing some disco tunes. You know, I really started getting more into the singing then. Before I was, I sang some. You know, uh, you know, a couple lead songs, mostly backups though. Okay. But then when I'm down there, I'm doing a lot of lead stuff. You know, and, and as you're playing drums, as I'm playing drums, gotcha. yeah, that's what I do. Uh, nice. And it was all kinds of stuff. And so that was a really good learning experience playing with just a three piece with those couple different bands playing all over Atlanta, you know, a different scene, 
um, seeing different types of people. It was it was a good experience for me. Um, I bet. And then you know my dad ended up getting sick, and uh, I had to drop the music stuff because I traveled back and forth. My dad lived here, you know, traveled back and forth for a couple years, and and that was another you know hard turn of okay, what am I? What am I doing here? You know, when you are faced with seeing people that you love, and I'll try not to get emotional because it's hard. Sure, I understood, um, though. Seeing people that you love go through something like that, and cancer is a, ugh, it it just, it's heart-wrenching to see somebody come from this point, what they look like, what they stand for, especially your father, and to see them just, ooh, you know, it really makes you you think about stuff sure gut check for sure it's a gut check so that made me decide to come home you know i decided to go ahead i'd lived in atlanta for 13 years by the time i kind of turned around everything i i decided to come back home still wasn't really playing but um so you know that was a pretty big gap actually from moving back home like another five-year gap yeah, that's of, a good of season not, of change yeah yeah for sure. not really playing coming back here and then i reunited with my little dreamer buddies when i got back so okay all right so you know we played for a couple years um get the band back together yeah got the band back you know we started kind of and then you know we're all older and our uh, our guitarist was having some issues with his hands and stuff so you know that kind of broke off and there here we are once again eight-year hiatus after that so it was like 2014 i think um was the last time i played drums and then eight years not even singing i wasn't involved in music anything you know so you're on an eight-year musical hiatus coming back from atlanta not playing music and what triggered it again yeah you know um my brother always kept saying i don't know why you don't just you know get back into it i'm gonna say the reason why i stopped as i let outside influences get to me oh you man know? that's yeah i let i let the um i don't know just people telling me that it's you know it's not the right thing to do that type of thing right i, I let a lot of those voices get to me and once you let those outside voices in uh, those inside yeah. voices yep. they get quiet well, the inside voice is the negative ones, oh, I guess, okay. is where I was going oh, I at, see. is yeah. the inside negative voices start talking to you and talking yourself down. And I got myself into a really bad depression uh, for a couple years okay. where I was just barely functioning. You know, my yeah. health went to crap, um, just all kinds of things. And I had to really dig very deep. And that's when, you know, the God thing started picking me back up because I had to go somewhere. Go. That was the only way that it was going to, yeah. you know, that I was going to make it back. And I really, I started praying a lot. I started, you know, trying to get back into my faith. Um, you know, I grew up Catholic. Okay. Um, and you know, went through all the things, school, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, sometimes things take you away from that. And Indeed. Yeah, and when you realize, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to end up getting emotional it's again. okay. When you realize you need, you know, the one thing or the one person that is there that when you really need to get dug back out of a hole, Sometimes the only thing that you can turn to is God. He's the only one that can bring you back, Amen. you know, from that um, that bad place. So I, you know, it was a, it was a hard couple of years, but I finally got myself out of it. And I I was able to turn myself around when I, um, yeah, 
That really got me. I was able to turn myself around when I took care of myself. You know, I realized I, re- I really had to take care of myself first, physically. And then once I got myself physically back, um, the mental aspect came back in. And then I was I was able to be my own cheerleader, you know. And it's like, Elaine, what are you doing? You need to, you know, you, you need to do the things that you love. And kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with my dad, yeah. you know, getting sick. Um, I had a breast cancer scare this past uh, past January, last January. Wow. I, I got back into music before that, but the breast cancer scare uh, uh, combined with my buddy Asha, who's yeah, <laughs> yeah. a big influence and she pushes me. Um, that really got me back into, you know what? I'm going to do this drum thing again. Let's go. Because before that, I was singing. Uh, I just, just I kind of dip, I dip my toe back into music, okay. right? So to dip my toe back in, I, I have a, and I know I'm kind of jumping all over you're the place. Good, you're but, good. Uh, I had a, a friend that we knew it back in the day of, of singing and everything. He's a singer and he's in a local Bon Jovi tribute okay. called Halfway There. He put this nice. out, out on Facebook. Hey, we're looking for a backup singer. I sent him a message. I'm like, Jeff, dude. I'm right here, right bro. Here. Yeah, let's why, go. Why didn't you reach out to me? Right. You know, so so I went up and did my little tryout with him, and and uh, started started that way. You know, just singing again. At least kind of getting my back myself back out in the scene. Then COVID hit. Oh, stinking and, COVID, man! Dang COVID! I know it's. Oh. So that kind of, you know, held me back a little sure. bit. But then once that came back, you know, people started getting back into music again. I I started singing for a Journey tribute as well. So I was in two bands, the Bon Jovi and the Journey tribute, which is uh, Those Crazy Nights. Okay. And then I was like, okay, I'm kind of liking this. Then the breast cancer thing happened. Oh, mercy. Like, okay, now what am I doing? You know, you, you know, you kind of start to rethink. And a crazy thing happened over the summer, I guess this past July, um, there was a conflict for the drummer. So the drummer ha- actually happens to be in both bands. Okay. I know this is a little complicated. No, you're good. So it's like a little puzzle. But uh, there was a double gig. Oh, no. So they were like, well, Elaine, you play the drums. Can you just play the drums for this gig? And they can find another singer, because it's just the singer, sure, right? Sure. It's just a backup singer. And uh, you play the drums. I was like, ooh. Well, I haven't. I have not. Literally, my drum kit. Nothing was set up downstairs. I, I, you know, I have not played the drums in eight years. I don't know that I can do this, but so they asked me, Elaine, do you think you can learn all the parts for the Journey songs? <laughs> I was like, ooh, some of those parts are tricky. Sure. Steve Smith's no, you know, yeah. knows. Crappy drummer. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's. We were talking earlier. You know, he plays open-handed for some of those parts. And when I learned, you know, when I was playing drums before with covers, I would try to play as close to the songs as I could. Like try to do all the licks. Partly because as a chick back there, yeah, I've got all eyes on me. Right. People are going, yeah, she didn't play that exactly right. Right. So I would really work hard on that. Critiquing for sure. Yes. Yeah. But there was nothing like there is today where you see all these videos and the charts and everything to understand how to play some of these parts. So when they asked me to do this, I thought, okay, well, I am really going to make sure then that I study all the parts and play all of them right. So it was a lot of practice for me. Not playing that long. 
I also, much older, I think I mentioned earlier I have tremors. Okay. So that is a deal where, you know, yeah, just sometimes I can't quite control what's going on. And so that's, but drumming really has helped that, I'm believe sure. it or not. A lot um, of ghost notes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely do the ghost note thing, but it's just like sometimes, you know, when you're really concentrating, then it's fine. All works fine. So anyway, I had to learn all the parts. And it was a huge challenge for me because I also had just had a lumpectomy uh, a month before. So I had to basically, I had surgery that was like on the 14th of June and we played on, you know, I don't know, the 15th. It was something like that. It was almost a month. Holy cow. Um, So, of course, I had practiced a little bit before that. But before the show, I really couldn't practice much because I was recovering from surgery. So it it was kind of a, you know, I think it was a God push. God's like, hey, Elaine. It's time. This is you. You yeah. need to use your music. This is the gift that I gave you. Please use it. All you right, know, yeah. no holding back. So I went ahead and, and, and went for it. I, I played. And from that moment, I it's like, yeah, I, I need to get back into playing drums. And I had already started doing kind of our duo stuff with Asha. Oh, okay. So that that's a whole other story, right? Is that Asha and I kind of cross paths in in the uh, tribute scene? You know, we just bumped into each other at the Oriental. Um, I was watching her band warm up. Mister Scary, she was doing docking, and oh, you know boy. Asha's voice, yes. right? I am watching them just warm up and thinking, oh my gosh. What is that up there? <laughs> what is that? That I is love that. incredible. Yes. And so I immediately thought, I got to go meet this girl. Yeah. And this is somebody that I'm I'm pretty introverted. I mean, I'm, I've changed a lot in the past couple years, so that I will actually go up to somebody. But before, there's no way I would have even said something to anybody, no matter how good they were. Nope. Right after they get, they get done, I go up and I'm like, I have to know your name. You are incredible. And so we just introduced, you know, yeah. And so, and I thought, and it was funny because even as I saw her, you know, and we kind of shook hands or whatever, I thought, man, there's something special about this girl. And we just kept running into each other over the next several months. Um, And then one day, even at one of my brother's gigs, which was funny enough, she opened up for my brother's band up at at Spirits in in Johnstown. And uh, my brother's like, Elaine, you got to come hear this girl. I said, Greg, I've <laughs> already like, heard her. Yeah, I already know you're, who she you're, is. You're yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. I've already met her. She's, yeah. she's good. You got to catch up, big yeah, girl. Yeah, right? come on, buddy. <laughs> so I go up there and we, you know, we talk a little bit again, but we just kind of kept crossing paths. And then she ended up reaching out to me saying, hey, um, I'm looking at doing a duo, an acoustic duo. Do you play any percussion? I was like, um, as a matter of fact, I yeah. could do that. Yeah. So I've she never, was wanting just to do like an acoustic duo. Yeah, just an acoustic because okay. she was doing solo, right? And she, gotcha. But, you know, the solo gig's a toughie. It's it's not easy to get out there, be by yourself. Nope. and do. I mean, I got to give her props. It's Major tough. props. And, it's hard to do, yes. Yeah, and she, uh, you know, she had just learned guitar. I mean, she's only been playing like a year and a half or something. Yeah, something she crazy. Said that. I remember that, yes. Yeah. Um, so she decided that she kind of wanted to pick it up a little bit. But, you know, the standard is always trying to find another guitar player. So that's what she was originally looking for as another guitar player. And then it just kind of bombed, you know, came to her one day. Hey, I wonder if Elaine could, you know, play some percussion and sing. So that's kind of how our thing wow. started. Okay. And what year was that? That was just this past year. 
Oh, so you guys have only been kicking it for a, oh, about a yeah, year now. We have, oh, yeah, see, I thought was, you guys have been together for like five years, man. No. That's crazy. No, we've only been together wow. since, uh, I want to say May. The end of May was the first time we actually practiced. Oh. So she, she asked me, you know, I had no percussion instruments. I I don't play cajon. I've never played cajon. You cajon. personally don't play cajon or she was telling you this? No, she, she asked me to play percussion. Right, right If right. I did, and I was like, okay. well, I could. You mean right. like a cajon or what do you want? So oh. she said, yeah. Cajon. Oh, so I immediately go out buy a cajon. I get you know I get all set up. <laughs> yeah. And I go over to her house to practice. And that first song that we did, I thought, oh, our voices blend really well. We can sing together. And I mean, it's one of those things that almost gives you goosebumps. Yep. You know? It's oh, like, I've heard you guys. Oh, yes. Oh man, I thought we could be good. We could do this thing. Yes. So, you know, she kind of got me started there of kind of branching back into doing more than just backup singing. And then the drum thing happened and then it was over. It's like, no, I got to play drums. And she was on me right away. Elaine, I want you to play drums. We should do all girl band. We're going to, you know, you're going to be my drummer. You know, let's do this. And I said, I don't want to hold you back. So yeah. that's how you were feeling after that's playing with her I, for a few months? Like, yeah, even okay. after I played with her for a few months, right? And I played drums and I knew I wanted to play drums. Right, right. I still felt like, you know, I, I, she has so much, you know, she's younger for, for one, right? So that immediately, right. again, the, the, you gotta, the chirping voices in your head. Mindset is yes. such a huge thing that Very we don't important. realize kills us it does but it was like no lane what are you doing you you know you're you're good you're gonna be retiring soon you know what are you even thinking you know she's gonna want to do all these things and and i felt like yeah i don't want to hold her back not just um because i didn't know that if i was good enough but because i felt like she can really make it she has a potential to make it and i don't want to say you know i'm i i I'm in a different part of my life type of thing. And, and then I wouldn't be able to go on tour or whatever type sure. of thing. You know, those, again, the mind Absolutely. things start chiming in. Yeah, the second guessing yourself and wondering, like, am I really, like, can I really compete in, right. on the stage? Because, you know, you're if you're, the, if you're the weakest link in a situation, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to music, they always say that, you know, the weakest link is, is your... Like you're only as good as your weakest link. Yes. So with musicians, right. you know, you have somebody like a guitar player who's, you know, one dimensional. They can only play a certain style or, you know, they, they only focus on a certain key structure and the same with vocalists, right? So it limits your ability to grow and expand and, and be relevant over time. Uh, what it sounds to me like, though, is that through your experiences in music, God brought you two together and was like, okay, here's a young soul, here's an old soul, but you're both kind of old souls. One has a lot more experience, and I don't say that negatively against Ash at all, simply to say you've just experienced life longer than she has. Right, yeah. So you have that ability to step in in moments and and, and encouragement and, and say, hey, you know, musically, like, this is, you know, experience that I have just from being more years on the planet. Right. And- melding that right because i one of my very good friends always tells me that he wants to put musicians around him that are better than him and he is Mm -hmm. phenomenal Mm -hmm. but he wants to put musicians around him that are better than him or that can complement what he's doing and what it sounds like to me is that um you know god brought you two together to start this this thing of yours that you're doing and you know the enemy really came in and started to try to create this doubt or negative thought process for you 
and telling you, oh, you're not really good enough. She's better than you. And, and in reality, like you have a role. She yep. has a role. Yep. And as long as, and this is how I look at, you know, sports and because you're an athlete, you understand this. I'm sure it just more than a lot of people is that the harder you train, the more you focus on your craft, mm-hmm. uh, naturally you have talent, you're going to get better. Like, and that's my opinion, obviously, yeah. but same with music. So you, you know, you coming in, not playing the cajon, but saying, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And I got to say from an, um, a listener's perspective and, and viewing these ladies play their duo, you could have fooled me and told me that you guys have been together for half a decade. (laughs) Seriously, just the way that your chemistry flows, the way that you guys work together. And then, you know, when you tell us that, you know, she comes to you and says, let's start an all girl girl Mm -hmm. band. And you're like, Oh, I don't know if I can, you know, if I can hang with you young cats. Right. Right. And I watched the video from this last show. So, Quick recap, we're sitting with Elaine here on TK's A Brigade. We're talking about music, we're talking about Elaine's journey, and we're right in the story where uh, we're in 2022, um, and we get into 23, and and the band Ms. Vendetta, right, as I say, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. All-girl group uh, based in Denver, Colorado. Uh, They officially played their first show at the Oriental Theater on the February 24th of this year. That's right. Lots of video, lots of photos, and... From a musician's perspective and a fan, you could have fooled me into believing that these girls have been playing out for a while as a band, not even as the duo, but right. as a band, because the chemistry that I watched in the video, I mean, it's funny because I think you and I had talked earlier this week and you had said, yeah, there were some hiccups, but we got through it and stuff like that. And what's funny is nine out of 10 people don't notice the hiccups mm-hmm. unless you point them out. I mean, you're going to get those musicians or those producers, blah, 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 that will, you know, watch a performance and they'll be like, oh, well, you, you missed the change or, you know, you know, your timing was off or you're in a flat key or whatever right, the right. case may be. But listeners watching and going, these girls kick butt. So yeah, it's the uh, whole know. experience too, right? It's right. not just the musician aspect. It's um, we had never played on stage before together. Uh, three of us have, have been out in the scene. Obviously, Ashley has, but Ashley hasn't played in front of a band in a year, maybe a little over a year, wow. right? So that's some time to yeah. just do a solo thing. Yeah, so that was also something for her that she wasn't quite sure. And of course, for me, it was my first time in my on my own band. Right, not like filling in, um, you know. As I am the drummer, I'm not just a sub drummer. Right. You know? Yeah. You're you're one fourth of the band. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. I am the backbeat. I'm holding it all together. Let's go. Um. Yeah. I mean, so it was it was pretty cool. But I that's another piece. You know, Ashy and I getting together, and that first time we played, I thought, man, we're really good. Same thing happened with the band. And it took us a little while to, to you know, to find the two other players. Sure. But the first time we practiced, we decided, let's just go ahead and play these couple tunes that some of us already know, you know? Right. Make it simple, like not yeah, over Exactly. It, right? Let's not right. spend too much time practicing or learning all these songs that we don't know. So we kind of jammed. And as soon as we started jamming, I thought, okay, we could be pretty good. You know, that first time you play together. And that doesn't always happen. Definitely not. No, I mean, there's there's plenty of times when it's like, ooh, I don't know what that guy's doing over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But no, that wasn't the case. I mean, I'm looking around at at who we have, and I'm thinking, man, we can be good. We can be really good. And before that first show that we just played, we had only practiced a handful of times. I think we counted it, it, you know, it was like eight or nine or 
10, it, not very many Ten times. rehearsals before you guys played your show? Yeah, it was not very many. And there wow. were and a couple of those rehearsals, you know, there was one where Karina was sick, and so it was just three of us trying to fine-tune some things, and then Ashley couldn't be at one. You know, so there's those kind of things, too, that we had to deal with. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to a lot of that you know a lot more Ms. Vendetta we're still doing the duo we're doing that you know Ash is still doing her solo uh, I mean God is good God is good thank you God for yes. bringing me back and Praise you know God. for blessing me with these gifts I, yes. I you know you got to use your gifts and that's Amen. uh sometimes like you mentioned the enemy you know the enemy will get you because he knows how powerful your gifts are Wow! So he That's will take talk. you. He will take you down, and you can't listen to that. You can't. It's it's hard to get out of that when you're in that hole. Yep. You know that black hole, and because you've been all, that's all you've been listening to is the enemy trying to take you down. But as soon as you you know focus on God and the light, and know that you can make a difference. You know, some people too think, well, you're playing in a rock band. How are you going to make a difference? Yeah, you can still spread the message. You can still give joy. You can still do all the things, whether it's a a solo, a duo, a band, whatever. You can bring joy. And I love the music that Asha is writing right now. Um, It's going to spread some light. And I'm really excited about what we can do. I really am. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, and it's cool that you say that too, as far as how can musicians, you know, how can people on platforms really be, um, you know, an affect of, you know, our culture of our generational, you know, there's different generations that I, I feel are going to really, um, embrace y'all's music because you have the different genres and styles that come together. And mm-hmm. when you do that and it melds well, yeah. you pull in different age demographics, you pull in different styles of um, listener. Yep. Because when you have that kind of cookie cutter band, and I don't pick on cookie cutter bands, and what I mean by that is like, you know, you have a producer that goes out and handpicks, you know, the best of the best, so to speak, and puts them together in a studio and says, okay, sing these songs and dance this way and right, move that way. Right. And, and that's not, I mean, you know, not to bag on anybody that does that, simply to say, when you have what you guys have, that organic kind of approach, and you come together and say, hey, this chemistry works. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're writing music that is going to be impactful because you, you know, you don't know personally, and I can say this with, you know, you know, gumption i guess Mm -hmm. is that you don't know how impactful you can be until those moments where you know after a show someone comes up to you and they share their their story with you and you're like Mm -hmm. wow and they say you know you really influenced me to do this or follow my dream here and do that um i think that's really where you can really be impactful as far as you know using the music as a tool because then after the show you get that opportunity to go and meet your fans and your fans can share with you how it impacts them and that really i think will you know that dynamic is really going to grow who you are as an artist and who you are as a band and you know and just really give that give the uh those guy bands a a run for their money so yeah that's right that is right oh man so okay so with my interviews, I always ask a couple of questions to my uh, my artists as far as um, their career goes, and yeah. so I think we're right about there. I'm so ready, bring it on. First question. Yeah. What is the biggest audience of people that you've gotten to play in front of in your career? Hmm. 
I mean, probably, you know, I've played a couple different big festivals with the Crazy Miss Daisy Band, a couple of the big bands that we open for, you know, some of the bigger theaters. I don't know, what, maybe like a thousand? Okay. Something like that. Okay. And here's the funny, the reason I asked this question is because no number is irrelevant. Right, because, yeah. you know, I think Ash and I were talking about when she um, was playing in front of a, an audience of like four. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that those four people, one of the four people could be an A&R rep for Sony music. Yeah, yeah. And so regardless of the fact that there's nobody else in the venue or the bar or wherever you're at that time that's listening, when you perform and you give it everything that's in you, that one person, not or you know, or it could be a thousand, it could be a million, right? But I mean, when I when you say a thousand, that's that's a good energy response from a crowd. So a thousand people, that hey, yeah, I give you props and that's for that. uh, it's that's a cool thing too, just because that was a that particular show we were opening up for a band, and so you know we're of course set up in front, front of them yes and so you were right in their face yeah, you know right. and as a drummer yep. you're not always used to that right. but you know i am like right there and there's just people so yeah that was a pretty cool experience but you know today speaking of um you know how many people you perform in front of right it could be four because right. social media it's if you have if you put on the performance that has that energy yep and all of this stuff it's going to end up going out there and getting you know going viral right. whatever so you have to no matter how many people are there you have to give it your all and put your heart and soul into it. That is so true. And yeah. it's interesting that you say that about social media because, you know, somebody could film you live mm-hmm. and then, yeah, you could have a million watchers at that. Oh, yeah. And they could be watchers from all over the world. So you yeah. could have somebody in Bolivia or in you know, South America or, you know, around the, you know, whatever, watching you guys play. And then you start getting fan, you know, emails and you start getting responses from like, you know, different foreign countries and stuff. And you're like, how did you even know that we were a band? Oh, I saw you on this live performance. And I think that's the, uh, could you imagine like bands like Zeppelin or Jim Morrison or Hendrix being in, in a culture and um, our media today, right. how much more influence that those guys would have? I mean, the Beatles, they're still relevant today. Right. McCarthy's still around. The dude's like 80 million years old. And I said res- <laughs> yeah. with respect. Yeah. But he's still doing music. And yeah. his his fan base has never diminished. As a matter of fact, I think it's grown by like like 10% a year since the Beatles you know, officially broke up and he kind of do a, started doing a solo thing. But mm-hmm. you're right. Social media can definitely help grow something from you know real tiny to real big real fast. Yeah, so. yeah. and I think that's why you, you can't be afraid to do what your heart says, you know, especially right. in songwriting. Absolutely. Um, because if you want to really get your message out there and inspire people – then you just have to, you know, be led by your heart. You know, it's interesting you use that phrase too, because you know, a lot of times I've worked with artists and musicians who are um, are very technically driven, mm-hmm. and so we'll start writing a song together, and and uh, they're so focused on theory, or they're mm-hmm. so focused on yeah. the, um, the the right you know arrangement or the right progression or the tempo, and it's like, right. bro. Just kick back, let the flow, right? Let it come to you. And and as you feel it and as you augment, you know, whether it's the, you know, the arrangement or whether you rewrite the lyrics or whether you change the tempo completely because it's too slow or too fast. I mean, I think you're right. When you, when you allow that to just kind of flow out of you, 
mm-hmm. and you don't really overthink it. You know, um, I did an interview with Johnny and the Mongrels um, back in January, mm-hmm. and we were talking about their newest record, and one of the songs in there they wrote in 15 minutes. Right. So they were talking how they only had a set amount of songs for the record, and they needed one more, and so they went upstairs and sat down, and it just came to them. And they went back downstairs in the recording session and recorded it. And uh, moments like that, you know, those are, you know, for some bands, I'm sure they, I don't know, just knock out a a, a record of songs, you know, in an hour. But I I think for the most part, that's, you know, that's special because I've written songs that have sat for two or three or four years Mm -hmm. and then finally go and revisit them. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, But yeah, I'm with you when you when you write and you really you put your heart into it. That's that really gives it to the audience to uh, embrace and it really absorbs so yeah it's almost uh, kind of going back to the whole mindset thing and letting all these negative things come at you it's almost the same with songwriting if you think about it because sometimes you can you know you have this great idea or this great melody or great hook and you can you know let somebody hear it and they'll say hmm. you know that's right. an outside person coming right. in right away right but if you again just kind of open your heart and think no that is speaking to me yep. you know then just go with it just go with it and and um, there is nothing, there is no better feeling when you are playing your own song. Again, going back to if it's four people or a thousand people. Yep. You're playing your own song and they're they're almost like the second chorus. They're starting to sing the sing, lyrics. Oh, man. That is the coolest Let's thing. Let's go. You know, Ash and I, yes. um, we've also written a couple acoustic songs. And one's called Women at the Well, which you'll, we'll have to oh, let you hear boy. that one. It's a re- it's our first song that we wrote together. I mean, okay. she kind of started it, and then we kind of both. Love collabs, man. Yeah, it was really cool. And we played it at the Elks Lodge in, the Col- in Colorado Springs. So there's only like, I don't know, 75 people in there, right? There's not very many people in there, right? Right. Um, And we decide, you know what? Let's just go ahead and play our original. Second chorus, they're starting to sing it. And one guy even afterwards said, that's about part of the Bible, isn't it? We're like, oh, buddy, this hits you. That's amazing. Thank you, thank you. So, you know, and the same thing happened to us with with the Vendetta because we have one song uh, that we all wrote together called Firefall. Uh, that Ash, you know, wrote all the lyrics and, and the main stuff to. And that's another, you know, it's a faith-based song. And second verse, people are singing it. And after we're done, you know, there's wow. cheers and Already. everything. It's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a catchy, you know, it's got, it's, you know, like I said, if you have some kind of catchy, yes. you know, hook? melody oh, yeah. or hook yes. or whatever, that's, yes. that's all it takes and people are all in. So, yes, that's yeah. great. Um, yeah. All right, so I got, I got one more question okay. for you. Well, kind of it's a two two questions, but I'll, I'll make them quick. So the first question is, you said you've opened for a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. What was your most favorite memory um, of opening for like a big touring band? Or the, what band was like, yes, these guys rock, and I'm super stoked that we get to open for them? Boy, um, I think one that I had a funny memory from is um, Quiet Riot. Oh boy. They, you know, and again, me being a girl drummer, right? I'm back in the back, kind of hanging out with the drummer, you know, talking to him <laughs> and everything. Right. I thought that was cool only because, again, I loved Quiet Right growing up. Sure. You know, I mean, come on, man. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. 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 And um, you know how it is when you get a lot of bands playing. And even though it was only us two in the back, I ended up with the drummer's uh, case, snare case, oh. somehow. 
Oh, you so mean you, like accidentally? You yeah. Act- okay. Okay. So he gotcha. ended up having my snare case, and I and I took his home. Right. It, totally accidental. Sure. But that's just one of those things that I remember. You know, because we were all back in the green room, and we're all you know, and just and just then going home and realizing that I've got this guy's case. You know, oh, it's just boy. just one of those cool things. And, yeah. and I think again, just because growing up, I listened to them. You know, it was kind of a cool thing. Nice. Did did they contact you to try to get it back? Or? No. No. Nice. Do you still no, they have probably it? didn't know. Oh yeah. I still, oh, yeah, wow. the zipper was broken, so okay. that's that's the other thing. It's like you know, maybe he maybe he you knew that it, yours yeah. wasn't broken. Yeah, you, know? you have to take the nice one. <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay, last question, then yep. we'll wrap this up today. All right. um, what is the, your most favorite venue of all? Whether it's acoustic, whether it's full band, um, that you've gotten to play in around the world, or here in Colorado, or just wherever you played music in your career. Hmm. That is a good question. I've played a lot of different types of places. Um, I think some of the outdoor festivals probably have been the most fun. We played uh, in that Crazy Miss Daisy band. We played, I think it was in Pueblo, if I remember right. It was some huge outdoor festival, biker festival. Okay. And I just remember we had to drive, you know, it was like off-roading to get there. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, You know, and we basically had to sleep in our cars overnight oh so no tents or nothing even no well you could bring a tent if you wanted to but i'm not a tent girl Okay, I'm gotcha. a, you know, bugs. You're a cabin and yeah. yeah, no, yeah. With, yeah okay. I mean, it got even worse when I moved to Atlanta, right? This was pre-Atlanta when when I did that. But yeah, I was not into the, the bugs and all that. So yeah, we had to sleep in the back. So I'd say that's probably the coolest just because it was such a different type of experience for me. Okay. You know, being out on that type of thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So now we're in 23. Yep. You and... Asha and the other two young ladies have formed this band, Ms. Vendetta. Yeah. Played your first official show uh, last week. Yeah. 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 Where, um, what do we got in store for Ms. Vendetta and, and the, what is it, the Asha-Elaine duo? Is that yeah, what you call Asha, okay. Blaine, and Elaine duo. Okay. Yeah, okay. so we, we actually, let's start there just because we okay. have something, the band doesn't have any more gigs planned and we did that on purpose. We wanted Number one, we don't want to play all the time. Right. Like, we don't want to be your standard. Less is more. Yeah. I mean, we want to make it a special thing. When we're playing, you better catch us because you don't know when you're going to catch us again. I like that. Not only that, we want to write more music. We, yes. You know, right now we have one original song as a band. Um, Danny is also a writer and producer, so we played one of her songs. Sweet. Um, you know, she's both of them like Danny Alcade, Asha Blaine, go follow them both. They are both amazing artists, you know. Um, and so we wanted to make sure to have time to write some more originals before we play again. So we're working on a couple other ones. We've got Very like smart. four or five different ones that we're kind of trying to figure out what we're doing with. Okay. So that's that's that. The duo, however, we have a couple really cool things coming up. So Next Wednesday, March eighth, and I don't know if this is going to be aired before that, but you can we can at least you know put it. Sure, on. sure. Um, Asha is going to be playing all of her originals, and I'm going to be accompanying her. Okay. At Herman's Hideaway. I love that venue. Yeah, yeah, Great it's venue. been around forever. Yes, it has. It's, it's fun to. It is a fun little place to play. Yes. So that'll be really cool because it's we're just doing an acoustic. You know, and she's going to be doing a couple of her new songs, which is cool, which I think you did I Will Follow 
already yes. you played a little bit of that. Yes, her new single that that's one. getting ready to come out. Yes. Yeah, and so we're playing a little bit of that one, and then she's got another another one that uh, you probably haven't heard yet. So um, we'll be doing that on Wednesday the okay. 8th. Then on March 11th, we are playing the Colorado Tap House. It's their first year anniversary party. So that will be a lot of fun. It's and over in Arvada. March 11th. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what time does that show? I want to say we start at 5. Okay. Yeah, 5 to 9, if I remember right. Okay. So that'll be fun. Okay. And then we are doing a live YouTube stream with Mike Messe. Mike Messe. Yes, I remember Asha talking about that and just stoked to do that. So yeah, that's it's going to be really fun. So we practiced the other night for the first time, all four of us, um, because he has a guitarist that he that he always plays with rock. Um, and so we're really excited about that. That's going to be fun. You know, I mean, that's yeah. a... That's a big stage for us, you know, a platform, I'll say. Um, he he came to us, he saw us last, it must have been like in September or something at Emerald Isle of all places uh, in Parker and uh, kind of started talking to us then. Okay. So it's taken a little while because, you know, he he's a busy guy. He sure. travels all over, you know, props to him. He's got a very successful thing going and uh, he just really liked what he heard and, and wanted us to kind of do like a special thing. So he's going to be playing some bass and keys and and we're doing most of the singing of course he does singing as well so sure. that's wow. so that's some fun stuff coming up in march for us exciting yeah. now does the band have a website that people can check out we do yeah ms vendetta.com yep and we also have a facebook page ms okay. vendetta i instagram ms vendetta.band but basically as soon as you type mzv it's coming it's up. pop up yeah which is i mean it, it actually worked out really well for us to be able to do that yeah, that's super cool because, yeah. again, like we talked about in the beginning, you know, there's plenty of, of all male rock bands, you know, uh, the R&B styles and stuff. And so when you get uh, a group of females that can kick tires and light fires, that's impressive because, uh, you know, I could probably line up 20 women and, you know, 14 of them are like, what's a bass guitar? Yeah. You know, what's a snare drum? Like, yeah. you know, and that's not to bag. That's just to simply say that that's, you know, I think, and I, I say this respectfully because I think it's a unique, um, you know, ability. Because, you know, you being able to sit down on the drum kit and you're getting looks like, oh, why are you playing drums? You're a girl. And you're like, because I can. Right, like, that yeah. doesn't stop me or limitly, limit me from doing this then I think the onus becomes on you to get better if, if you want to be taken seriously. And I think that, you know, guy, girl, whatever, I think that's, you know, that goes for both ways. But, you know, it's it's exciting that you guys are um, pursuing this. I'm, I'm praying, I pray right now that God just continues to bless us and move this forward. And you guys really start to grow legs and you know, whatever direction, you know, the Lord takes you musically and, you know, however you guys do it, I, I just pray that, you know, the peace is there for you guys. Cause that's, that's a big endeavor, especially when you're not just focusing on playing bar band or, you know, bar music and, and just kind of, kind of getting, do it to get paid. Like you want to get, like, let's go, let's go tour Europe. Let's go, you know, let's go make a, a imprint on the, on the minds and music. Yeah. We so. want to, we want to inspire people. You know, that's, that's really what it's about. It's not about becoming big, you know, um, it's about inspiring people with our music and that's, that's number one. And Thank you for the prayers. Absolutely. You know, music business is, is pretty tough. It's tricky. But I, like I said, you know, when, when you have that feeling of the first time you get together that there's something special, I think that makes a difference. Because Big you time. can, I mean, there's plenty of amazing 
female musicians sure. out there. Sure, absolutely. Tons. Of, well, of regular musicians, right? Just right. all musicians. It is hard. Yeah. But when you have four people that as soon as you, you know, step into the room for the first time and you just can feel like there's something really good, that does not happen often. No. That does not happen often. That so, is a true statement. That yeah. is, And it's it's funny, too, and I, uh, I'll end it with this. Um you know, you look at bands that are iconic that have been together for, you know, I, I mentioned the Beatles. and right. But you look at bands that have been together forever, and I guarantee you sit down with them, you know, Aerosmith, um, you know, um, what's Mick Jagger's band? The Rolling Stones. There Rolling we go. Stones, yeah. uh, you sit down with those guys and Metallica, and you sit down with them and talk to them about their inner personal relationships within the band. They'll tell you. Oh, yeah, yeah, there are times where we're wet oh, and yeah. gouge each other's eyes out and drown mm-hmm. each other in the toilet. And that's the thing, though, is that when you can, you know, you can go away, you might have a disagreement, argument about something, whatever, you know, um, you go away and you come back. That chemistry that brought you together initially, yeah. I think, really is what keeps the longevity of, of musicians working and creating music. Because, you know, if you have different directions musically from the get, you might, it might fit right away you know essentially but then as you start to really write together and stuff you start seeing that your musical you know likes and you know path is not necessarily the same so then it doesn't work out as long but like you said when four people whether male or female it doesn't matter right they get into the room and the musicians and that chemistry is there and you're like oh we gonna do this mm-hmm. i like that because that yes. that's that's why when i see you guys i'm like oh, hey can, can i get on the can yeah. i get on the bus too because <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll you know i'll carry gear i'll do sound whatever you know yeah, so yeah but uh thank you again today for coming and sharing your heart that's um Again, I love getting musicians on that really just open up and talk about where they came from and you know what they want to do in music and how they want to use it as a tool. So thank you again for today. Well, I appreciate your time. It was a pleasure. Thanks. You've been listening to TK's A Brigade, the music series, uh, with my guest Elaine. She's part of a band called Ms. Vendetta and uh, an, an a duo, Asha Blaine and Elaine duo. So go check them out on Facebook. Uh, Instagram, uh, like she said, the band doesn't play a lot of shows. So when you see that they're going to go and play, you need to go and check them out. Thank you for listening today. You can find my podcast on every major platform, Anchor, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Go like and subscribe. Share with a friend. Tell your family to check out the music series. And until next time, take it easy.